you are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops with Vlad the Impeller and Silicon Steve Valley. And now, here is Silicon Steve Valley and Vlad the Impeller. Here on High Spots and Cheap Pops, Vlad the Impaler on the other side. This is Silicon Steve Valley. We are now talking about AEW Dynamite, the my crown jewel of my entertainment life. And this is that is not even close to an exaggeration. I thought it was a very strong show this past much better. I think it was a good rebound from the from the previous. Well, I thought the previous week was okay, but I didn't think it was as good as it had been previously. But obviously, there were some. Great matches. That main event was fantastic. Kenta performed brilliantly. So this one was a really good match. A lot of storylines progressed a little bit. What did, you know, we got started the show. We got Hangman and Adam Page taken with Matt Hardy. That storyline progresses mm-hmm. because Hangman Adam Page pulled a ruse. The drunken Hangman Adam Page rused the big money Matt, you know, Carney character, what he's got going on. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, they're going to have a match. And I have built a theory watching this segment this week. And let me tell, ask you what you think. Matt Hardy is going to take over the Dark Order and they're going to turn on Hangman Adam Page, with the exception of John Silver. Hmm. That's interesting. It's a possibility. Um, what do you think John Silver's going to like join up with Adam Page then? I don't think anyone's going to join Adam Page. I think this is part of Adam Page's whole thing is that he's going to keep mm-hmm. on getting his heart. He's he's the heartbroken, shun, you know, he's the heartbroken shun lover who's afraid to trust people, and maybe he's going to finally trust the Dark Order and finally let them in, and then they're going to turn on him. And then again, he's going to be. This is a long character build for Adam Page. With again, it's going to be him culminating beating Kenny Omega for the championship. This is this is mm-hmm. this is this is whole thing is a long, long term booking to the max. Hmm. You know, and again, they're bringing reference out. Oh, everyone, you know, everyone's after Adam Page like he's this eligible bachelor. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and. It, now Hardy was trying to join, get him to join, and then the like, order's getting him to join for a second time. So you have this, and he's like, "Look, it's complicated." If you see the, the storyline that was on being the elite, it's built even more. You've been seeing Adam Page struggling, which way to go with all these things. Yeah. So, but it's it's really great. So, but that was that that's something that occurred to me. I think that would be very interesting, and it would be ironic because obviously Matt Hardy was the one who was significantly was he was the guy who was going to be the leader of the dark order it wasn't supposed to be Brody lee everyone thought it was going to be matt hardy yeah, yeah i remember so that. that would be a full circle situation and i think it does good because the dark order they can't play on the negative one on the negative no. one thing too much in fact they'll probably have to say negative one look i gotta go to school guys <laughs> they might have a thing where i'm going to step away from the dark order and I will place Evil Uno in charge. I'm sure he'll do a great job and what have you, what have you, what have you. Mm-hmm. And then, so negative, that, that would be the only loophole is that I don't think they would turn on negative one. I don't think they would do that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but especially, yeah, he's, he's out there every single week, almost. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. So, I mean, um, which is cool. It's, it's an excitement thing for this kid. And obviously, 
Tony Khan's going to go out of his way to not, not only take care of that family, but he's look, he's going to give the, the kid an opportunity and, and everyone likes to see him. Like it's a good story. Are they going to milk the cow too much on that situation? Mm, and the way to get away from that, say, okay, negative one, we're going to do this for now. Um, you're going to say goodbye and you're saying, don't worry. I'll be back to take over the dark. You'll be back to take over. This is only temporary. Do that kind of thing. And then while he's away, and then, you know, eight years or nine years or 10 years when he could come back and be a wrestler, however long it takes him, then maybe that, that's long-term booking. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know what? You know, it's on the plans though. But the point being is that the dark order needs to progress because, and they can't if he's there every single week. And I hate to say that. You know? So does that, does that mean um, in your assessment and your theory, will uh, Private Shardy join uh, the dark order? No, I think Pirate Party is going to be a... They are becoming a very sympathetic character with this. They're becoming... They're like the abused children. And I don't, I don't know if you saw this. They challenged the Good Brothers for... And I think another tag team. I think it was... I forget who they were. But they were in a tag team title match with the Good Brothers in, at, on the Impact pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And they lost. And Matt Hardy basically left them in the ring. And he squeezed his head and said, you just, how could you disappoint me? And, and so then on being the elite, this is why being the elite, if you really want to get into the deep storylines, you really got to watch being the elite. Take the 15 minutes out of your life. It, it makes watching AEW a lot better. <laughs> it's also excruciating at times. So there's that too, but I watch it every week. And that's why I know this kind of stuff. Um, and so private party sent him, both of them sent him long voicemails trying to be like, please call us back. Please call us back. Wanting his attention. Kind of like the, the, the child who wants the father's love and is not getting it. So they're making, so private party eventually will be turned on and it might be the dark order. It might be when he does. I, I don't know. I don't even know if it's going to happen. It just was something that occurred to me that I think would be good for Matt Hardy plus the dark order moving forward. Uh, because I don't know, even though I really love the kind of Keystone Cops, lovable loser vibe, even though they're not losing much, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're the underdogs. I mean, again, being the elite, they've built all these characters up. Now they pick on five all the time now. It used to be silver, but now it's five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10 is a cokehead. He always references coke all the time. So I don't know if he's really cokehead, but he clearly references it all the time on being the elite. Uh, Like he has a bag of coke in his hand sometimes randomly. It just, you know, so they're building these characters up. John Silver is an absolute ball buster. He's a a typical guy from New Jersey and he talks like it. A lot of, of, you know, uh, homosexual jokes and references and it's kind of funny stuff. And, um, I don't know, but they've built a lot of these characters up. I think John Silver is a baby face in the making. And at the end of the day, I think that's, that's the guy that's going to Hangman Adam Page is going to be laying with John Silver, possibly at the end of that match with Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy. I think Hangman Adam Page and John Silver might be looking up at the lights at the end of that with Matt Hardy, the leader of the Dark Order. Prediction! Boom! Um... Let me ask you this. What version of Matt Hardy would be the leader? Would it be broken Matt Hardy or no? 
that would be great, but I don't know. I think the ship might have sailed on Broken Man Hardy. Do you really want to bring that back for like a fourth time? Uh, I would personally, I'd love it with the dark water. It could, there could be some really funny things happening. Yeah, there could that's be what some I'm really, really funny things. I, I'm not looking to shoehorn it in there, but I just think there's a lot of potential to that character in that group. I think so too. I that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. I think whatever Matt Hardy wants to do with it, I think he'll make the yeah. right move. He, I don't think he's as creative as he thinks he is, but he's very creative and he's very good. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, you know, I support Matt Hardy hundred percent. Now I don't know if he really thinks he's as good as he says he does. I don't know that, you know, I don't know if it's, if he's trying to keep it somewhat kayfabe with that or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just talking about shoot interviews that I've read, heard about him. So, uh, but he's, I love him as a person. I love his, his story, what he's been through in his life and, and the family he's built and all that. And, Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the fact that he went and bet on himself and left WWE to go in AEW. And, and everyone really kind of shits on his run in AEW. And I think it's been extraordinarily unfair. I mean, what did you want the guy to do? The guy had one of the big, he, the guy's in a gif because he ran over Sammy Guevara. He was in a main event. He was in a very good match with Sammy Guevara in that compound match. And yep. the, even the match that was where he, where he took the fall and had the alleged concussion, which he said he did not have. That match was actually decent, but he got all this flack because he continued to wrestle. People are mad at him. The guy's a 30-year veteran. He knows if he can continue or not. Who yeah. the hell was a doctor who's been not even practicing for, for 10 years, or 15 years? Who's a doctor going to tell Matt Hardy what he can and cannot do when he's been doing this for 30 years? Yeah. I, don't, I think, I mean, look, if it's a young kid, if, it's a, if it is Sammy Guevara or even MJF, maybe you, you reel him in. Because they don't know any better. They don't know right. what their body can handle. But Matt Hardy, I think he got a really unfair reaction from the internet for that. Especially WWE people who just want to shit on anybody that goes to WWE. Oh, he sucks. He sucks. You know, I mean, anytime someone goes to WWE, goes to AEW, oh, I guess this guy was supposed to be really good. Well, yeah, but for every Sean Spears, there's John Moxley. Right? For every revival, you know, for every... FTR, there's Miro. Yeah, well, Miro, you don't know yet. I'm Miro, the, the judge is still out on Miro. I kind of don't love what they're doing with the best friends, but I, I do. I didn't think it was too bad. I don't think it was as bad as a lot of other people thought. But weddings are always bad. They're it wasn't bad for a wedding. It was better than the Lana Lashley thing. Uh, that's not saying much. It's saying enough. So let's move on to the inner circle. Yes. And so we, the inner circle gets interviewed. And Santana Ortiz, they talk about how they finally got there. And it is interesting. This is their first opportunity for a tag title. And I knew it was going to be a good match. And it was a really good match. Yeah. Taking away the fact I had, I didn't think the Bucks had any chance of losing. So I didn't. I wasn't, yeah. I, I wasn't ever thought, I never thought that that, even when the close falls, I never thought it was actual reality. Yeah. So there's that. But in the beginning, you see Santana Ortiz, they could have promo, good, very good promo, how they're going to win the tag championships. Jared, uh, then MJF cuts a promo on Sammy Guevara. Jericho cuts him off, tells him to shut up, and talks down to him. And if you noticed the rest of the inner circle, this is how yep. fine detail these guys are. They're looking at Jericho like, whoa, who are you talking to? Yeah. Instead of kind of 
agree a, with Jericho yeah, yeah. like they were earlier. And, if you, and this is how well laced this is. I love this about AEW. Yeah, they're turning on him. It, yeah, MJF, at the end of that match against the Young Bucks, Jericho will probably take the loss. Yep. And MJF and the inner circle turns on Jericho. Yep. And then maybe Sammy Guevara comes back and, and saves Jericho at some point. Because the sex gods are back at it. That might be a way to go about it, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But they have to make up first because Jericho, you can tell, Jericho was really hurt. You've noticed his character was very hurt about Sammy Guevara leaving. He was actually was. hurt about it. He was actually hurt about it. He was not happy about it. And he said, I don't even want to talk about Sammy. He didn't say he wanted to attack him. He didn't say he wanted to go after him. He said, I never want to hear Sammy Guevara's name ever again. So you could tell Jericho, and it was a week of bad decisions because he got a lot of heat for the uh, the impact thing. So Jericho kind of hinted at that. But you could tell Jericho is like the father who feels a little bit betrayed where MJF is the mastermind who's going to turn on all of it. But I think everyone sees that coming. That's not as much of a yeah. surprise as maybe the Matt Hardy thing would be. Mm-hmm. But they got good heat at the end of it's the true. match. They, they, a good match with a very good match with uh, the Young Bucks and Santana Ortiz. Inside Cradle, a little bit of a WWE finish there. I, I don't love, you know, I don't love inside cradles out of nowhere. It's I think it's a bullshit finish. Um, Sometimes yeah. they work. I don't think it worked in this ending for me. Again, I it nah, didn't it work for me. I didn't didn't work for me because it wasn't supposed to be a surprise win. Yeah. You know, the young bucks, I mean, I, oh, they're tricky. They 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 really in and I get that's part of their character. I just would have liked a little bit of a better finish considering the four people in it, but they also probably didn't want to outshine the heat after the match, which probably was more important in terms of long term. And Finish with the center of the ring with the salt of the earth arm bar on, I believe he was on Nick, and then the walls of Jericho or whatever it's called. I think it's called, yeah, walls of Jericho or whatever it's called now. Lion Tamer. Are they, they're calling it the Lion Tamer again? Yep. Okay. Uh, so they have the Lion Tamer on, and the, the Young Bucks, really good work on the camera, by the way. I, not surprised you have the four of the best in, the, in their the company and then both young bucks tapping out right in front of each other really good job with mm-hmm. that and then you peer to the back and you see kenny omega the good brothers and the man harnessing the next level consciousness himself the invisible hand don Callis, with a great tan he, he's holding them holding kenny back but sends the good brothers out but he whispered to the good brothers so I'm not sure, but the Good Brothers did go out and save, quote unquote, save the Young Bucks. And Jim Ross obviously put over uh, the 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 fact that the Good Brothers took a long time to get down there. Yeah. And so did Tony Schiavone. So they're saying that they shouldn't be trusted, which, again, they're still trying to sell us on the fact that the Young Bucks aren't going to join them eventually. Which I'm uh, telling they, you is going yeah. to happen. The young bucks are turning heel. I'm saying it now. I'm saying it consistently. Until I see anything different, that's still my opinion. Like, like, what's the, uh, like, what's the purpose of like just stringing this along? The the young bucks turning. Yeah, like you know, just turn heel already. It's not time yet. They're, they're not going to just turn 
well, what do you want them to do? You want to just have them have a bullshit face a heel turn, or you want it to matter? Well, like okay, like like why are they not pals with Kenny? Like why are they not necessarily pals with uh, uh, with uh, Anderson and uh, Mongo Gallows? And uh, like basically, I mean they they have the Bullet Club connection here. Like like what's what's the rift? Like, uh, you know, they, you know, as we discussed in a previous episode, uh, we had the whole thing where uh, they pretended to beat up Don, Don Callis, but it was a work. Like, like what, what are we taking around here for? What's the end game? I will tell you right now, they're doing everything they can to kind of get to keep people like me from picking the Unbucks to go heal. They're doing everything they can. They're trying to build enough of a riff they're, they're towing a line of trying to build enough of a riff. And, if, and again, I don't know how much of the storyline you've been following, but out, out there, all you listeners have been following. But again, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about happens on being the elite. Daniel Gallows and Anderson have been on being the elite every single week the last month. And they have the Young Bucks confronting them this past week and saying, what's going on? And they did the same thing and they actually did a replay of it. Uh, this past, I think the week, the episode of Dynamite afterward, but the, the rift is, is that the Young Bucks think they're bullshitting them. They are angry because the, the Gallows and Anderson always seem to pop up when they don't want them to. And they also are trying to build a rift between Ke- Don Callis is trying to keep Kenny away from the Young Bucks. And then right. Don Callis got beat up and now he's trying to cause a rift between Kenny and the Young Bucks that's why are they doing this because they but want like, us like to win. like what you just said us. like them beating up Don Callis it's obvious that they didn't so like again if they if they didn't beat them up and they're pretending that they did beat them up okay like really we're just wasting time at this point who beat up John Moxley um nobody has really said they're not WWE mm-hmm who beat up John Moxley is a thing. That's going to be brought back. And I'm not sure who it was yet either. We always think it was Hangman. Everyone was saying it was Hangman because he had he had the Hangman's pose mm-hmm. when he left. Right. Maybe it was the maybe it was the Young Bucks. But you got to remember one thing here. Eventually, it's going to get to the point if they don't start tying up these loose ends. One of the greatest shows on TV was The Sopranos. And we're still, anytime I drive past the Pine Barrens, I look out my window looking for a Russian guy running around there. So eventually there's got to be a payoff to this. And if they're just not going to go and like, you know, connect these dots, especially over the span of now months, like, come on, like, like, give us something. They're giving you something every week. They just had yeah, New well, Japan Pro Wrestler debut as part of this storyline. Yeah, they also gave me Kenny Omega in front of a class full of children. That was just r- ridiculously stupid, to be honest with you. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was ridiculously yeah. stupid. Oh, hey, That's Kenny, right. uh, you're, you're telling you, uh, we're going to read the Young Buck story in front of you. And then, uh, yeah, this, here's this Japanese guy. <laughs> I mean, you actually laughed out loud at that? I mean... I think it was entertaining. I love Kenny Omega and Don Callis. I did like the part where Don Callis, oh, what did he say? He said something that really made me, oh, yes. He's got, oh, we're going for that four to nine demographic we've been trying to get. I mean, just Don Callis' shit like that. 
I don't know, man. I, I really enjoy them. I might be a little bit more of a mark for Kenny Omega than, and, and Don Carlson. You are maybe that's why. I, but I, no, I, I, I listen. I, I, I love hey, listen, doing I, those two and guys. I the did on the golf course. Listen, he's he's the best wrestler on the planet, and Don Callis is probably the greatest manager right now. And and if allowed to be, could be considered one of the greatest managers ever the way they're going. But in the same breath, I'm unbiased enough. Well, don't look at that segment and be like, wow, that was a time waster. I'd rather know as to like what's going on with like their relationship with the Young Bucks at that point versus just like. Do you know, well, do you know what he was? Re- well, do you know he was referencing? Did you re- did you hear what he was reading about? He was reading about the Tokyo Dome, right? Which means he's talking shit on New Japan, right? 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 That's a whole yeah. other dynamic. It's mm-hmm. a whole other dynamic. The Bullet Club guys, including Jay White and Tomatonga specifically, mm-hmm. are talking shit on them. And mm-hmm. Omega is throwing garbs at them. Gotcha. So again, this is uh, again this is kind of stuff. And I was thinking about this a lot. We are so used to at least being confident that we could book a better show, or at least portions book better stuff than a lot of what WWE does. We're mm-hmm. both confident in that. Yeah. I honestly think Don Callis and what Kenny Omega are trying to do right now is beyond anything that we can come up with. Perhaps, at this point. definitely. And Perhaps so I'm perhaps. not trying to figure out what they're doing. I'm just sitting back and watching. And I'm going to try to guess what's going to happen, but they know better than I do. And I have confidence they know a lot more about booking than I do. And I don't usually have that kind of confidence over the, over the, over the airwaves. But mm-hmm. they do have that. I have confidence that these guys are doing something that's never been done. This, it's, I don't think it's hyperbole when Don Callis says we're, tra- we're, we're going, we're not making money, we're making history. I don't think that I think that's a shoot what they have planned and what they have already started doing. We're not even broken on through to the other side yet. This is just the beginning. And we have some long term crazy shit coming our way. I think it all culminates with a huge super card that's going to go and and basically challenge WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm not talking about the numbers. I'm talking about storyline. This storyline and what they're going to do with that, including that super card, which you're talking about. Yeah, I think it's going to be something that's gonna... never been never been done successfully. We know that it happened with AWA, NWA, WCCW, and all of the yeah. territories that tried to get together 20, 35, almost 40 years ago now, and it failed yep. miserably. This yep. is not going to fail miserably. No, I agree with that, and I and I think what you're going to see is New Japan, AEW, and Impact all on the same card and it's going to be one of the ultimate super cards and, and honestly it's going to be the bullet club um headlining the damn thing with kenny omega and of course johnny moxley being involved um and and all the other great and incredible talents on that card i mean it's going to be something that honestly should give wrestlemania itself a huge run for its money huge what do you mean by run for its money in terms of spectacle, in terms of importance of history, in terms of a new beginning. That's honestly what I'm thinking. That's and, a very, and I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I would agree. And, tru- and truthfully, in those guys' hands, they could definitely do something incredible at this point. And um, I could really foresee... Um, especially if they're, you know, personally just being, you know, biased towards this area in New York City. 
if they can go and pull off, even with Madison Square Garden not necessarily being a stadium show, but if you can go and get that rowdy New York crowd to go and see Kenny Omega versus whoever Silicon Steve Valley wants to see Omega in that headline, I don't know if it's something either Adam Page, John Moxley, whatever the case might be, and that super, and that super card is the headliner. Um, you know, take it from there. Um, Jericho versus whoever. Um, who else? I mean, my God. Just, I mean, we, we, you and I have even had side conversations about this eventually, you know, culminating and, and evolving towards the Bullet Club versus a new brand of the Four Horsemen. I mean, imagine that if they did that super card, say, two in two super cards, say, two years from now, three years from now, whenever they begin, and it's like down in, in, in horseman country, for instance. Holy smokes. I mean, they can go anywhere with this, man. And, and, and the thing is, WrestleMania has almost become too saturated. And, and let me just... Let me just give you my two cents on that. My biggest complaint about WrestleMania right now, it's too long, too watered down. There's too much. It, like, honestly, I, even though I love wrestling, and, and okay, if I had the tickets for free and could go and see it, yeah, I would go. But if you told me, hey, I got to go pay, uh, you know, hundreds to thousands of dollars to go see this and stand there for, I don't know, the better part of what is it, five to six hours at this point for WrestleMania? Like, by the end of the night, that crowd is just totally spent. Yeah. And we saw that. I mean, they were yeah. extraordinarily restless, particularly during the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, second yeah. Brock Lesnar. I mean, they're bowing it. I mean, and also the match was not laid out yeah. well at all. I mean, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still counting the Spears for an F5, yeah. for Christ's sake. But, but and, that's th- and that's the thing. Vince can't. He, he's like, oh, we're going to go get everybody, almost everybody on the roster on this card. And it's like, you know what? You don't have to do it. You, you make it a pecking order at this point and whoever deserves storyline wise, talent wise, et cetera, et cetera. Give the fans three and a half hours of an incredible show and say, Oh my God, I'll never forget that was so many, not six hours. I mean, my God, you can, yeah. there's so much filler in that six hours. It's disgusting. Well, can you do, what do you think about the two night situation? <laughs> It's actually a decent. It's I, I prefer it almost. I think it's I the way to go. I think it's definitely yeah. if you really want to showcase all your guys. Yeah. Wrestle Kingdom started doing it two years ago. They've done it two years in a row. It's a monster success. Even during yeah. a friggin' pandemic, they had a lot of people. Yeah, so, yeah. I I, I, per, I personally like that idea a lot better because now you got Saturday, Sunday, and then the Monday Night Raw afterward. And honestly, that entire crowd's going to be hanging that entire three day weekend. I mean, actually, it would be SmackDown pre of the SmackDown previous. So it'd be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Well, they had they've done that before because they did a they would have SmackDown on Tuesday for the for those yeah, couple yeah. years. Yeah. So they would have those four day situations. You might even think about doing Thursday because aren't you doing the, when are you doing the Hall of Fame? You know, you gotta have, um, any, you gotta yeah. have you have, do you include NXT in the main event in WrestleMania or does NXT have their own show? You know what? I would probably start incorporating uh, maybe like the the world title match for like uh, NXT into the actual WrestleMania show. Yeah, me too. I would, that's, that's what I was thinking. And, and and maybe the weekend before, maybe you do take over 
and something that leads over to it. I don't know. But I, yeah, you know, I think just... it's too much because what also yeah. for the talent, I mean, that's a long for, especially if you're a yeah. guy who's wrestling on both all the cards. I think there was yeah. a couple people that did last week. I think Adam Cole did maybe. Yeah. And I think Kevin Owens did even. Yeah, he did. You know, so I mean, it's, yeah. cause he did that surprise situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Um, the, the, a lot of the things that they can do. And I want to ask you your one point. There's only one guy I want to see. And a lot of people have different opinions. There's two guys from New Japan. There's three people from New Japan people mentioned. One's Jay White. Yep. One's Abushi, which a lot of people think might be the one. Mm-hmm. And then there's the obvious one. And, and it's Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. They deserve to have a worldwide audience for what they can do. Yeah. They arguably put on two of top five matches of all time. Mm-hmm. And anyone that watched that match that was invested in that match at all would tell you that. Yeah, now, yeah. it's hard. Definitely. It's hard to tell somebody, oh, this was the best match ever. And you tell them to watch it. And if they don't care what's going on with Kenny Omega or a Kuzuchiko Okada, then you're just watching a match. You might as well watch a mm-hmm. luchador match in Spanish. Honestly, you you can. It's the same thing. It's you're going to see a good story, and it's going to be a great match, and you can. But it doesn't matter who really wins because you don't really care. <laughs> the first one might bring you in, but both mat one match was forty five minutes, and the two out of three falls match was an hour and three minutes, and the draw was an hour. Yeah, it's hard to tell somebody who never saw Kenny Omega or Kazuchika Okada wrestle to watch an hour wrestling match that you have no investment in either character. <laughs> So these guys need an audience with a storyline, with a worldwide storyline told on American soil and, ja- and, and on, on Japanese soil and anywhere else that these guys headline that match. That is what would be the one that would be very, very, very interesting. I think more so than, than Ibushi and, and Omega. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Ibushi uh, from what I've seen of him. I mean, my first uh, encounter as far as his matches was like the 205 tournament in NXT, which I was blown away by the guy. I mean, he's amazing. I mean, there's yeah, no is. doubt about it. But and him and him and Omega mm-hmm. would put on as good of a match as you're going to see. Mm-hmm. But there's just something the build to Okada Omega would be massive. Because yeah. then everyone, because you're going to have the people who know what they can do excited to see this match because it hasn't happened in going to be three years. And you're also going to have the people that just heard about how good they were. Yeah, but yeah. now it'll be in the context of a storyline. It'll be in a context of a build. And so people can wrap their heads around why these guys are doing what they're doing and the story that they do inside their match. And Kenny Omega has been very candid about how these matches have been uh, booked. He's been very candid about the stories they build. And he said, quote, we left something else just in case we need another time. Mm-hmm. So they have something, but this is how far deep Kenny Omega is thinking. He was thinking yeah. about a fourth match with Okada three years ago. He said, we left something out. Mm-hmm. And that's all he said. Can you imagine if the thing that he was talking about and prefacing was what's coming to fruition now? Yeah. Yeah, that's how very far, and I could be giving Callus and, and Omega and, and, and company too much credit for thinking this far in advance, mm-hmm. but I don't think I am. 
I think this is how dreamers start. This is how people like changing the world start thinking. They think, well, what happens if I leave the door open here, leave a door open here and just still do the very best I can and with all every passion I can and be successful as I can and do what I love, but leave these doors open and then put little seeds here and little seeds there. And then let's see if they grow into oak trees. And this yeah. is a pretty goddamn big oak tree. If you're talking about Okada Omega four, it would be yeah, five. Yeah, technically. It would be five technically. Mm-hmm. Well, they've, they've wrestled a few times other than that, but it would be, well, not, well, there was always tag match, but they did have a G1 match that Kenny won in 20 minutes, but that's not considered one of their matches. Hey, can you explain the whole situation with uh, New Japan going to Roku? What do you mean? I don't know much. I mean, I guess they, you can you can see New Japan Pro Wrestling on Roku now. It's fantastic for them. And I think it's an English-speaking show. Yeah, they have a whole English division. They have a whole English-speaking division headed by Kevin Kelly, formerly of WWE and and Ring of Honor. Yeah. So Kevin and Kevin Kelly is considered one of the best play-by-play guys going right now. And I'll tell you what, I've seen Kevin Kelly and Don Callis, and there's nobody I'd rather see call. I'd rather call a match with Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. To be straight honest with you. Yeah, because I see that I've I've been seeing headlines on it. I've been meaning to ask, yeah, but I mean that's a huge step. And honestly, they're going to start getting fans um, to be interested in that product. And then if you start crossing company boundaries between Impact, AEW, and New Japan, I mean, hell, even with even uh, NWA to a certain extent. I mean, this is this could be huge. Oh my God, it's it's incredible. We're again, we're only seeing tips of the iceberg here. It's incredible what, what can be possible. Um, and New Japan has continued. They they built this and it really did. I'm sorry. You they are right when they say that you can take you can trace this back to Omega Jericho, Alpha Omega, mm-hmm. when all these relationships started happening and big thinkers started getting involved. Jericho, Omega, Callus, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Khan, Young Bucks. Yep. All of this is is all to, to to try, and I tell you, I'm telling you what, guys were very vocal a year ago, including Chris Jericho, specifically Chris Jericho, very vocal about New Japan doing work with AEW. Yeah. But I will say this, and I think Cooler Heads prevailed there. I don't care about Impact Wrestling. I don't give a shit. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think I would hope that the Impact Wrestling, other than maybe the World Championship, would be highlighted too much. With the mm-hmm. exception of Bullet Club members. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Which is okay. And who knows? Who, who the hell knows? Maybe Tony Khan will buy them out. and But keep Don Callis on and keep all the people in place. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some things that can really... The possibilities are really endless of what these guys can do. And this is my difference. This is a primary example. What did I just say about WWE? It's hard for me to get excited about their talent because what do they do with it? Here is something where I'm really excited because I don't know what they're going to do. I can guess. Yeah. Matt Hardy taking over the Dark Order is a guess. Young Bucks is a guess. Turning mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, turning heel. That's all a guess, but I don't know. They, they're, they're several steps ahead of us at this point. I have a very important bullet club question for you. In, in Japan. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. I'm ready. Jay White, one of your one of your uh, favorites, it seems. Yes. Every promo, he's out of breath. Yeah. 
Every promo, because it's after a match. Just, it's after he went uh, 45 minutes with Naito, for Christ's nah, sake. He's like walking in from like the hotel into the locker room. He's just like all windowed, like he's got COPD. <laughs> the, the, the guy, the guy does 45 minute Broadways every every chance he headlines a pay per view. I think he's in okay shape. I'm okay with him. <laughs> I mean, I breathe heavy too, but that's because I'm a big fat pig. Listen, I breathe heavy every time I get up off the couch, but I'm just saying he's always out of breath. I breathe heavy when I'm watching Lars Sullivan porn. So you did watch it, you son of a bitch. I didn't, and I'm not interested in it. Yeah, I know. There's nothing to work there, work with there for you. Jesus Christ. None of, none of, them, none of them look like Kenny Omega or Jay White. I thought it was Bret Hart I was into. Or Bret Hart, even. When you're slumming it. Uh, I hate dudes' faces. It's probably the biggest thing I'm okay. Yeah. Well, luckily, luckily, in some positions, you don't have to look at them. Jesus Christ. So, moving right along on to AEW. Rio made her return. I thought Marine, uh, Rio versus Serena D was a fantastic match. What do you think they're doing with the, with the women's division? I don't want to really focus on that match so much. But I like where they're going with the women's division a little bit better, but it's still not Weak. grabbing me just yet. Still I, like Thunder Ro- I, like, I like Thunder Rosa. Well, the match was really uh, good. You got to give Riho yeah. and Serena D back. Yeah. A great match. But every time I see Rio, I'm like, okay, my, my 12-year-old could kick her ass. And um, I'm just she not can kick your on, ass, buddy. Whatever. I, I, listen, I'm a gentleman. I would never lay my hand on a, on a woman, but my 12-year-old could kick the shit out of Rhea. Rhea or whatever her name is. And, and you know what? Let's be honest. Whatever the hell she's wearing to the ring is just disgraceful. Disgraceful? What yeah, it's just stupid. You're, you're talking like she's wearing high heel platform heels, dude. What's going on? She's not dressed like a stripper. Jesus Christ. She's dressed, she's dressed like an American doll or something. It's just like, and then, hey, let's go and find B. Arthur's underwear from the Golden Girl set and throw it on this little Japanese girl. It's disgusting. How do you know what B. Arthur's underwear looked like? And I have my way, thoughts. I'd sniff on Rue McClanahan's situation, if you know what I'm saying. I'm sure you would. Nice feet, I heard. Yeah. She rest in peace. Beautiful woman. Great actress. God bless her. And, uh, but yeah, Rhea, um, you know, yeah, we don't I, have to spend a lot of time on the women's division. I just, I, it's, yeah. it's not grabbing yet, but I like where they're going. Yeah. I mean, it's like, is there anybody better than Thunder Rosa there now or no? I mean, Britt fucking Baker is amazing. I love I Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know you're a fan, but I mean, um, and you can no tell Bailey. Uh, you know what? I'd agree with that, but Bailey's arguably the best in the world right now. Ooh. Oh, easily. Easily. She's Every time she's on TV, she's entertaining. She's having the time of her life. She makes fun of Adam or Michael Cole every chance she gets. I love Bailey. Her heel turn, and I was not a fan of Bailey when she was at her pinnacle in NXT where you know, you're getting pictures taken with her and you're stalking her Facebook page and whatever else you were doing. I was not into her then. I was I became a big Bailey fan when she turned heel. I was like, thank God, dude. Because if she didn't turn heel when she turned heel, I would have been like, that sucks. Am I, wrong? <laughs> I don't know where you wanted to go. No, nah, I mean it all, all it takes for you to like somebody is for them to turn heel. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> so you're telling me Bailey's not more entertaining now than she was when she was dancing with Finn uh, Balor to dirty if dancing. You, if, you go, 
I'm saying if you go back and look at uh, interviews done by Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, they'll tell you in the heyday of NXT that nobody was getting a bigger reaction out of the crowd than Bailey was as a face. It was John Cena. It was John Cena like. So yeah, for her to go care, yeah, and for her I remember Neville was really over there too. Uh, let's get condescending. And, Bo uh, Dallas, man, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like everybody, big. a lot of people were watching then, right? So, just let's, <laughs> let's be kind of... Wasn't the Ascension over on NXT? They, they were, ta- they were tag, team champ. tag team champs, bro! That was like when hardly anybody was watching on the network, but let's mention them. <laughs> but like when NXT became a huge moneymaker, and Bailey was the probably the biggest face in the company, how do you go on shit on that? I don't know. Well, you found well, that the was way. probably the NXT's. That was the NXT's golden age when you had FTR doing Broadways every single night with either American right. Alpha or DIY or whomever that was author's opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had Finn Balor doing Broadways every night, and then you had Bailey doing Broadways every night with Sasha or whomever else. And, and, and NXT without, was at so, their best at that point. So without saying, oh, the NXT crowd will like anything you give them, which is usually your go-to. Uh, why wouldn't it's it work with true, WWE? It's mm, true, not really. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Was, was Nia Jax huge in NXT? No. She fought for the title. Was, was the Ascension really huge in NXT? No. I mean, you're going to say fall for the title. How do you know? Were you okay. watching? They were tag uh, I, was, I actually saw the tail end of it, and I was like, these guys stuck. And then they so got promoted. You out your ass. You don't know. They, 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 were, they were over like Rover, buddy. You don't even know that. Get going. They were Baron Smoke. Corbin over on NXT, homie. Ugh. No, no. Well, whatever. I don't want to spend any more time talking about the Ascension, for Christ's sake. But, yeah. But no, I mean, it is my go-to. But look, it's irrelevant now because WWE and probably why their programming, I think, has been overall better the last year than it was the previous year. And I'm being completely honest because they've done a lot of good stuff. They've done a lot of <laughs> shitty stuff, but they've done a lot of good stuff too. Cut off Bobby Lashley moving forward. The Bobby Lashley line era. So that WrestleMania no. forward, overall, WWE has been very, very good. Really oh, yeah. Goldberg hasn't gone over in a big spot. That's why. But, <laughs> for Christ's sake. You know what? But, you, uh, mentioned, you mentioned Lashley. We have rarely like mentioned the Hurt Business. And I got to say, I didn't great. necessarily think that, that they had a, a great shot at, to begin with. But, man, they have evolved into a real powerhouse. Yeah. And they're, they're using Lashley the correct way. Yes. They're using MVP the correct way. They're using yes. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander the correct way. They're using yes. everyone the correct way. Yeah, and yeah, they've I also realized that you, if you put guys in factions, that's how you get people TV time. You can 100%. just put them in factions. Yes. Have them be, not even if they're in official factions. Have them hang out with each other. They mm-hmm. do do that, but they only do it with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler changes who he hangs out with every year. Yeah. Who's more talented, Christ. Dolph Ziggler or his brother? That's on AEW. I haven't seen enough of his brother, but I don't like Dawson at all that much. He yeah, sells, he can sell the hell out, out of a match and he can put on a great match, but his character just never has never drawn me in it. I thought he had an opportunity to get some, get somewhere when he was a sole survivor at that survivor series thing debuted. Yeah. yeah but yeah. they wasted that, you know, just like they wasted a number of things over the last several years. So yeah. mm-hmm. is what it is, but I'd like to talk about, uh, if we can, if we may, we got to talk. So we got to say something that 
Jim Ross introduced the WWE champion on Dynamite this week. And to my to my surprise, Drew McIntyre was not on the show. It was Kenny Omega. Listen, Kenny is collecting titles, as you and I well know, and, and it will be there in his hands one day. And JR is just looking into his crystal ball, and he realizes, man, heat of the battle. That guy's a WWE champ. I wonder if he gets held accountable for his fuck-ups. No. Because he has had massive fuck-ups. <laughs> yes. And they have all been swept under the table. They the one where been. he said, oh, the one, the one, I still can't believe he got away with it. He said something to the effect, oh, Penelope Ford has eye, has blue eyes. Like he wasn't looking at his eyes, meaning he was looking at his at her tits. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like that's shit's passe, JR. And well, oh, it's old JR. It's okay. He can do whatever he wants. Shivani doesn't do that shit. Although it's, it's not acceptable. On, although on Wednesday, Shivani did bring attention to Jake the Snake Roberts t-shirt, which was a blatant old school, like misogynistic stuff with Robert's shirt saying snakes eat bunnies and he's out there with bunny i mean like yeah we all read the between lines we want to give her oral sex i get it actually i didn't think it was like that i think it was just him being silly i you think it really was you think jake roberts meant it as a sexual thing i don't think so absolutely <laughs> i don't know man i'm, well, a, I'm less cynical jake, about the jake, AEW jake the snake jake the snake is the the moral high ground here? And he, he's so. What did he mean? He was going to actually. He was going to actually go and eat her, like for dinner. No, but they were both the two valets in the match, right? And he, so there has to be some kind of rivalry there. He's not doing anything else, even though he still does a mean short ass clothesline. Go back and watch that. And when I was watching it, I was like, they are so going the oral sex route with this. What did Shivani say? I guess it wasn't obvious enough. Robert's shirt. It says, yeah, they didn't even show the shirt and Shivani brought it to everybody's attention. I did notice that. I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. I didn't didn't think anything of it. I think think your head's in the gutter there, sir. Uh, I think think you're delusional. I might have been on the hallucinogens. Uh, and, and what it was, was like in the background, I definitely was, like, was, by the way. So there's that. I say I speak the truth, and um, but you don't know that, and it's easily defendable, so we don't know that for sure. So let's not say that. God okay. damn it, I'm a different person with AEW. I'm like, no, give them a pass, they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like I'm a homer form or anything for those of you watching. I wish I had a good Jake the Snake Roberts imitation, but you know, we'll win a little something like this. So use your imagination. Uh, he's in the locker room. He's like uh, there with Lance Archer, and he's like, uh, Lance, I I went uh, and got this T-shirt. Hey, hey man, now let me do it. It says, uh, it says, uh, bunny uh, snakes eat bunnies. Because see that bunny over there, Blade's <laughs> wife. I'd like to oral orally satisfy her. Hey, man, I think I'm going to orally slick her pussy. What do you think? Nah, man, I could do that. I call it the DDT. Because like, Jake's got a chance, right? Look at him. I don't think that was the case. So I, yeah. Hey, man, these girls are a little tight around here. I can't whip out my penis. Then again, I, then again I'm, not on, I'm not on three grams of Coke, so I don't know. Sheriff Martell never... Never turn me down 
for oral sex. Christ. Oh man, is that a is that a shoot that she used to blow, Jake Roberts? No, he used to satisfy her. Are you following this at all? Where the hell is I your did mind? not know Jake Roberts used to go down on Sherry. Uh, what does his shirt say? This is the connection. You were so lost, man. I'm lost. Yeah. I'm lost. Yeah. You don't even so, watch uh, Being the Elite, motherfucker, so watch out. Yeah, because I, I work and I have a life. I'm sorry. I, I can't be uh, amused with uh, private shardy jokes. I mean, my they God, also, we're still they left. also pretend that their tag championships are their penises and they wiggle them around. They did oh, a spot, man. I think this they did a spot this past week where they used their penises as helicopters as they flew off set. Oh my God. They just look like they're having fun with their boys. Sex Ferguson. Oh my you such a mark for fucking Luke Gallows. It's disgusting. I'm not a mark for Luke Gallows. I don't. I don't like you him. Totally are. Too much. You, you have you have such a little smirk when you, when you start thinking of him, and I could just sense the positivity just oozing through every fucking pore of your body, and it makes me want to throw up in my mouth. I gotta be. I'm just being really honest. That's a shoot. It's a situation where it's so stupid. It, humor. It, that's humorous to me. It's that's how stupid. I mean, he has a, a video when he they were promoting. The worst pay-per-view ever, which was our first step pay-per-view they put on. That you spent money did, on. Which I did drop the dime on. The $15. But you, you know, and, but but one of the pro- and this is why. And I'll tell you the promo. Yeah. The promo was this dude was standing there working out or something. And then Tex Ferguson, a.k.a. Luke Gallows, comes in and kicks this guy right in the balls. And he goes, fuck you, buddy. Right in your stupid cock. Fuck you, buddy. In LA, you can go back. You can go back to the tapes. This is now the second time for sure that you've gone and told me this, and you're getting the same reaction. Like, oh, oh no, it's well, well below you. I understand that. It's I 100% hilarious. hilarious. I understand a thousand percent that it is not lowbrow. It is too lowbrow for you. Listen, but... I love, I love lowbrow humor, but I do not love. Uh, Luke Gallows, the way you do. You don't think using your penises as a helicopter <laughs> propeller to fly off the set is what's, great? I mean, let's go, Luke. They're, they're driving away. They're, they're, their penises are literally propelling them through the air because they're so big and massive and they can twirl them at such a speed to actually propel large men, professional wrestlers, off of a set. That's amazing. It's very, very amazing contribution that they're bringing to the entertainment value of, of being the I, so I, i'm not finding any amusement in, in uh festus or whatever his name was uh basically as i was waiting that night i wasn't watching the english patient i wasn't watching shakespeare in love i was watching tom hanks and bachelor party so am i is really lowbrow humor beneath me silicon steve valley is it or is it just good lowbrow humor versus that if you had never seen bachelor party until recently you would hate it i wouldn't say hate it i was i was definitely entertained i was like and as i was watching like how do you make this better that was my thought with with luke gallows there's nothing that makes it better not even kenny omega luke gallows could easily be nick the dick why you've seen his penis i just i mean he, he just looks like a guy that would have a real big dick doesn't he I'm not sure. 
I think, I think Luke Gallows probably has a huge penis. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But he definitely refers to it a lot, and he whips it out a lot. Now, by the way, I would like to say they really didn't have their penises out. That was not a shoot. That was a work. They uh, didn't really use their penises to propel them. They were actually wearing, um, clearly wearing, you know, banana hammocks with the black uh, dot over it. So they weren't really flying with their penises. So I don't know if anyone was believing that or not. But I want to talk about JR, though, here for a little bit. Okay. When is it the question for me, and I posed this to myself earlier, and I'm going to get your reaction as well. When is he going to be held accountable for how bad he is? Never. Is he he going to, is he, is he going to be Harry Carey situation? He, he, uh, you know what? It's not even Harry Carey. It's going to be like Howard Cosell, I think. I think he's going to say something so politically incorrect that there's nothing going back. What did Cosell say? I forget that. Because I remember he, like, um, he was still very viable, very much in the, the prime of his career, and he wasn't on TV anymore. Yeah, the thing that evidently, and I'm going to just quote it, I guess it was, um, dude, I, I'm trying to th- remember who the receiver was, but there was a wide receiver on Monday Night Football that had a good like catch and run. And I think he scored. And uh, Cosell's line, and I'm quoting this. This is not my own feelings. This is not me saying this. But his his play-by-play was, quote-unquote, look at that monkey go. And then... Is that an exact quote? Yeah, something like that. Paraphrasing slightly, but look at that little monkey go. Now, what I heard behind the scenes was that, like, Cosell used to refer to his, like, grandkids as monkeys or something. So he wasn't necessarily trying to be racial about it. But, you know, in the times, I guess people were getting sensitive. And, you know, that was the excuse. Yeah, that's my understanding, man. That was the excuse, huh? Yeah, I think so, man. Yikes. Did Did he ever refer to a white player as a monkey? Uh, I don't think so. Then that's bullshit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you know, it's strange. Yeah, it's too, all good. Like, I mean, it yeah, was a time though. We this is the yeah. thing. Let me make one real quick comment about Kosal. Go ahead. Uh, Muhammad Ali wouldn't be as big without Kosal. So that's like an intri- interesting aspect of it. But that's another show for another day. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a definite connection there. Yeah. But uh, overall, when is Jr. gonna? I mean, he's botches names all the time. I instead of super kick party, he said sweet chin music. Yeah, that was a good one. He's he couldn't get Jack Perry Jungle Jungle Boy's name right for Jungle Jack Perry for months, for months. <laughs> I mean, I I don't I still don't know if he gets it right, and I think if he starts getting it right, then it'll look like he was a idiot the whole time which we all kind of know not that he's an idiot but he doesn't have his fastball anymore yeah but it's getting it's it's he's becoming a caricature of himself a little bit mm-hmm. and and also let's be honest i think it was all I don't, I don't know if it was all out or was it this past one full gear i believe it was all out it was definitely all out yeah, I don't know if he was drinking during the day because he went to a, ba- a football game during the day. Yeah, 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 and he was a bit schnockered. I don't know what his situation was, but he was terrible. And I forget the exact quotes, but 
he's so bad. There is. I remember that. Botchamania every single solitary time. There's a segment called it's Ross time. And (laughs) it's just ridiculous. I remember you being so mad about that one event that you like reached out to me and you started texting me like what he was saying. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, this guy's going to still have a job. I couldn't believe it. The thing with Penelope, Penelope Ford was ridiculous. So I'm just curious as to, and look, this is a, everyone loves good old fun loving JR. I, I get it. He's a legend and he's good for the business overall. But at what point in time, because Shivani and Excalibur are, not just good, they're great. Yeah, they're very good, man. They, uh, they, they are they, great. They're awesome, yeah. Excalibur breaks down. If he wasn't so good, he wouldn't have a job either because of when he was doing his character, was playing. he was playing a racist. He was, he was trying to get cheap heat, and he was being a racist with Kevin Owens, by the way. Yeah. And they dropped the N-bomb in a, on several pr- promos. And that was kind of, he was suspended for a month and he came back and swept under the rug. They talked about it. And at the end of the day, the guy is probably the best play by play by play guy other than maybe Kevin Kelly. Yeah. You know what? When AEW first started, I didn't really like want to like Excalibur, but man, he's a talented guy. Yeah. The mask thing is like, what the heck? But the guy is extraordinary. He does his background check. He does a good, good job. Instead of putting over the catchphrases and the trigger words and Vince McMahon's pouring into Michael Cole's ear, he does a good job of building the character and putting over whoever's on screen. And which they do also with WWE, but he does it in a way where he gets behind the story that you just see on what they're trying to push you right now. They go into what their history was or what this new move might be or whatever the case may be. They always seem to dig a little deeper and give you more and he knows these move sets and he doesn't screw up really he's he's smooth it's tony shivani smooth and then you have jim ross who's a train wreck <laughs> it's, 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 it's let's if he's not jim ross if he was anybody else on this planet and has had the performances as he's had on national television he would be fired or at the minimum, drop to AEW Dark. And meanwhile, Taz couldn't say half the shit he says on yeah. Dynamite, but Taz is knocking it out of the park. He's making it laugh out loud every every single match. Yeah, yeah. And he's he has his own spot on Botchamania too, but it's be, but it's not but it's because he's actually saying funny stuff. Yeah. The banter is like almost like a radio show. The kind of stuff that that Taz says. Yeah, Taz is a talented guy, man. And you don't know, listen, all due respect, I've been making fun of Hook in, in past episodes and whatnot, but uh, I could not take anything away from Taz for sure. As far as his um, knowledge of the of, of the uh, ent- of the uh, industry and just like him on, on the mic itself, he's excellent, man. Yeah, and also you were a ECW throwback and, and you saw what yeah. he did. He, we saw what, you, what he did in, in the best run of his career in ECW. That was, he was a, I mean, he was a scary dude, man. He like, was a monster. Like, he he yeah. was a five foot eight monster or five foot yeah. nine monster, whatever tall he is. He, but he, he was the guy that he would face, you know, nine one one or Brian Lee or whomever. And 
you, you wouldn't think they would just have a shot in hell against them because you knew Taz was going to go in there and beat, don't matter how big they are, he was going to drop them on their head on the suplex. And he was going to put on the Kachahatame, the Taz mission, as Joey Styles would say. Yep. Would say. So you, you look at that, and, he's, and he always could cut that badass New York tough guy promo. And he still can. Yep. And that happened. Finally, we saw Sting take a bump which I thought was well done. They finally did it. It was well done. Sting looked great taking that powerbomb. Yeah, and it was a vicious powerbomb. Really good powerbomb. I like Brian the, Cage, man. I like Brian Cage yeah. a lot. Yeah, the only thing that I thought was, uh, like, weird, and I'm not, you know, not being negative about this, but at one point in time, <laughs> Sting picks up the bat, and then he throws it down. I don't know if he caught that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was I'm like, why would you throw down the bat like right at that moment after they've attacked you with like multiple guys? But you know, well, wait a minute, time out, a- time out. Taz, the, there was some storytelling to that. Taz challenged him. He's like, you can't do anything about that bat sting. And uh, Sting yeah, was yeah. so angry that he put the bat down because he wanted to get him some, but he got too gotcha. much. And you know what? By gotcha. the way, you know, who t- you know who turned the tide in that fight? Hook. Hook came from behind with the bat. Smart hook. Pro wrestling tease, kid. Pro wrestling tease. Here I come. Silicon Steve Valley, ordering the hook shirts. You better get them now while they last. The hook brings you back. I gotta, I gotta cue that every single time we talk about him. I got, I'll be part of the show. The hook brings you back. Little John Popper. So, but that that progressed a little bit. So, Team Taz doing a good job of getting the heat. Love how they're making Brian Cage look. And it's going to be fun to see Sting in action. Sting, Darby Allen, they're starting to build Revolution. A revolution out of nowhere, folks, is only two weeks away. Not even a week and a half away. That's a pay-per-view. No, two right? weeks away. That's the next pay-per-view. And it's on a Sunday. It's their first pay- Sunday pay-per-view. And that's the one with the, uh, with the uh, barbed wire match, right? Yeah, let's get into that. So, really good six-man tag match again with Moxley. They had one last week as well. Or that was a double tag. That was a tag team match. But they've been doing that six-man tag with him and Archer, or double tag team with him and Archer a few times Mm -hmm. now. Just brawl. And it's always a fun match, man. They really is. I mean, John Moxley, that kind of match isn't my cup of tea. But Moxley does that kind of match as good as anyone you'll ever see. Yeah. And it continues to be. And Lance Archer's great at that, too. And again, with Larcher, he, a lot of that comes from New Japan, too. they got to give a little shout-out to that. Larcher really evolved in in New Japan in a way that really took him to another, another level in terms of performer. And I think he'd even tell you that. Um, but, yeah, it was good. But at the end of the match, we had the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega and Don Callis come out, get Kenny Omega... <laughs> And did you see the headbutt? And then yeah. the then the ensuing uh, V trigger. There might have been a little receipt action there because Moxley yeah. really got him in the head. Like that yeah, was yeah. not supposed yeah. to happen. No, and then Moxley was like bleeding from the face at that point. Yeah, I think there was a little receipt. My my wife actually pointed that out. I was like, "Whoa, he looks like he really got him." And then I realized that Kenny really got hit. I think they yeah. both went the hard way on each other right there. Yeah, I think you're right. You guys uh, are dedicated yeah. enough to do it too. Hey, if I if I could tell you real quick, like what if I could have my like uh, my pipe dream in terms of uh, 
AEW with some of the people you just mentioned, I would love just put Archer as like a heater with with Ambrose and get rid of Jake the Snake. Ambrose. Ambrose Moxley, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know who he yeah. is. You know damn well who he is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like them with anybody. I like those two guys by themselves. It's like lone wolves who occasionally will fight together if they need to, but at the end of the day, they're on their own. So yeah. I, I like, but their characters aren't really ones where I think, they should, I don't even think Jake Roberts should be with Lance Archer. And I've been saying that really since jump street. I don't think yeah, their don't... personalities mesh at all. I think it's too calm, cool, collected, man. You got to go out there and you got to be a snake. And then you got Lance Archer who's ready to throw you through a brick wall. And he, he's, he's at a 12 at all times. Yeah. He's a murder hawk. He's not a snake. Yeah, hawks eat snakes. They're gonna use that yeah. when when Jake turns on them. Yeah, much like snakes eat bunnies. <laughs> does Jake turn on him, or does someone just beat up Jake and he goes goes away somewhere? I think he just goes away. I mean, like if you look at that roster, would you put any like like who would you want to put with Jake if you could put anybody with Jake? Who works with it? Anybody? Well, what do you think? They would never turn Darby Allen heel, but he would be a guy. But they're never going to turn him heel. He's too popular. So outside of that, unless you're, it would have to be somebody who's not big yet, or somebody who. Yeah. It would have to be maybe a Sean Spears, but I don't. I don't know what Sean Spears is doing right now. I know he left the he left the company. Yeah, yeah. But whatever Sean Spears is doing. Um. So I don't know off the top of my head if what, anyone you think or not really. I can't think of any man, and that's what that's weird because I used to like be so impressed with Jake as we when we were growing up, and you know there's been this mystique in the store, and I and I give him tons of credit for not you know going the wrong well, I, way in life. I got somebody. Uh, who do you got? Abaddon in the women's division. <laughs> I'm not a fan of hers, by the way, but you know I could see it. Well, that would be the only one I would think, but I think because you, yeah, you yeah, give yeah. her a personality, yeah, yeah, you give her a personality more than just that she's a zombie. Hey, man, she knows about darkness. She knows about the dark side, and if anybody knows about the dark side, it's Jake the Snake Roberts. I can see, and I can see that being a whole thing. So there is how about, that. How about Butcher I just struck and a blade? Gold. How about Butcher and a Blade instead of Eddie Kingston? I mean, I can even see Jake Roberts being with those guys. That's what I'm saying. I can see that too, and which I think yeah. would be the most obvious one. I thought that actually was going to happen a couple of weeks ago. I even tweeted it, but I deleted the tweet <laughs> expeditiously. Why? Well, why is because that? I was wrong and looked like an idiot. Yeah, you don't like to be wrong in public. And I'm not popular enough where anyone saved it, so it was cool. <laughs> That's good. I, you know what? I might just get Twitter and just screenshot all your your tweets, and then that way just put out there what you've, you've already deleted because you're, you don't like to be looking wrong. Well, there's also, by the way, I, there's probably some really bad drunk tweets I have from many years ago that I probably need to take back. So I hope no one goes back and sees my account. Did you call? Did you call Hillary Clinton a lesbian? I might have. I was drunk. I'm stupid. You know. I say a lot of things when I'm when I'm drunk, you know what I mean. But yeah, that's so. I thought they did they did a, a bunch of good stuff though this week though, progressing the storylines. And then at the end, they they have John Moxley and I. I didn't know when my, when Kenny Omega told him the kind of match it was going to be. 
I didn't know when it was going to end. It's an exploding barbed wire chair ladder match with the AEW championship on a pole match next to your unborn child. <laughs> yeah, just get them going and going. And I was like, well, they're, t- they're turning this up a notch. And by the way, I Googled that. That is a death match thing. It is. That is an actual is. match. I didn't Terry know Funk. that. Terry Funk gave his, uh, his like, a seal of approval on it evidently today. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anything, if there's anything to keep to get a guy like Terry Funk, because he doesn't get mentioned quite as much as he probably well, should. A lot of people well, put him in the top 10 ever, or at least in the top 10 of that, of that 1970s to 1990, mid-1990s. You know that twenty-five year run, seventy-five to two thousand. A lot, of, yeah. a lot of people. T- Terry Funk is on their top ten list. A lot of people. Yeah. So yeah, I, that, that that being said, he I don't think he gets the kind of credit because obviously he didn't have his best run ever with the WWE. His stuff was he, he's been he's been hurting quite a bit, and I don't think physically he would have been able to make it there. But it was interesting that they had Dory Funk in the stands that night when they announced that. Thank God it was Dory Funk, man. I thought it was Cowboy Bob Orton when I was tripping. And I was like, shit, he got old. Maybe I'm old. Anybody and then I was cowboy. taking a shit. No, and I'm taking a shit. I'm like, man, all these guys who are not that old 15, 20 years ago look old as shit now. And I'm like, that's going to be me in 20 years. Fuck. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I got 20 years looking like a newborn baby. Yeah, <laughs> you got the baby face. You're still getting ID'd and then 20 years from now, geez, all downhill from there. Hey, I'll sign up for 20 years right now, man. Yeah. 20 years left. I, 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 that, that gives me enough time. Do what so, I need to so do. let me ask you, when, when they do this match, and they do this barbed wire match, it's, uh, it, okay, it would definitely favor Moxley. You're taking away, you know, the uh, the rope ability of, of, of Omega here, right? So it's an interesting. You don't think it matters at all, no. Not with Kenny Omega, no. Okay. It doesn't. The guy, the guy can ma- can wrestle any kind of match you want, and he can do it great. That's mm-hmm. the one thing about Kenny Omega that I don't think people fully understand about how good he is. The mm-hmm. guy can have a technical five star match. He can have the kind of match that Moxley and Omega had the first time at the first Full Gear, which was the main event. It was a lights out match, which actually does not count against against Kenny Omega's record because it was unsanctioned. So yeah, it was that unsanctioned. Win, technically, that, so technically, Kenny Omega never lost to John Moxley, which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but technically, which I, he hasn't brought back yet. But if he beats him a second time, I am undefeated against John Moxley. Sorry, John. Because I don't, I, don't I don't think there's a way John Moxley wins this match. Though he... I think that, and I think something big is going to happen. I don't know if it's the Young Bucks turning or does somebody show up from New Japan. I don't know what's going to happen, but that match is going to be absolutely incredible. And we're two weeks away, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because is is uh, Moxley fighting Kenta before that pay per view or yes, after? Sir. Before before the yeah, that's I forget the name of it. Is it New Beginning? I believe it's called. Or maybe called something else. It's a new, well, the name of the pay-per-view. I forget. It might not be New Beginning. That might have been last week. But it's their okay. next big big event. It's their next yep. big event. It's on, it's next weekend. And so that may or may not still be going on. So I know where you're going with that. Maybe Kenny gets involved. I don't know if it'll be something like that. I know that's something okay. we already saw. 
I don't think Omega does that. Omega really tries to think out of the box in his stories. I'm telling you. Right. Right. Now. I got you. I got you. So I think something really, either something really, really big is going to happen or Kenny Omega goes over clean. But I doubt that'll happen. I doubt John Moxley wins and I doubt Kenny Omega goes over clean. But it might be something, I think it's going to be something big that causes Omega to win that match. I don't think it's going to be your typical outside interference that we have become so accustomed to in WWE that ruins matches. I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be something impactful. If it, if it ruins the match, it usually has to be something for AEW to have a match end with that kind of chicanery. You notice they don't do outside interference all that much. Right. You know, they don't have the schmaz ending hardly ever. You know, the, the disqualifications or the match is thrown out and then they're going to restart this one. And yeah, they, don't yeah, typi- yeah. they don't typically do that, which we're so because it's been getting done over and over and over and over and over again for so long. We're, we're we've been trained to think that, that it's almost like we're expecting it still, even though it's a completely different style of wrestling. So right. so I think it's going to be so I would assume it's going to be something very impactful and I'll probably have more of a an opinion next week. But as of right now, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but I think Kenny Omega is going to go over with something to escalate this, whatever storyline they're working on. I mean, it's a fair statement. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'm just, you would know better than me if anybody would be getting involved at that point, um, especially from new Japan. Um, let me ask you this in terms of new Japan. When's the last time they actually had a match similar to that? It's been a while. What, what do you mean by similar to what? Uh, the barbed wire exploding match, whatever. Well, they, they don't have those kind of gimmicky matches. They don't do that anymore. No, okay. I don't think New Japan ever did that. That was not a New Japan thing. That was, it might have been DDT or it might have been one of the other ones. There is death matches okay. in New Japan, but New Japan was always hard hitting, strong style. Okay. Looks like you're in a real fight wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I got it. I got gotcha. you. Because, you know, I was curious, like, where, where Funk and uh, Mick Foley used to do those matches in Japan. I wasn't sure if that was New Japan or another place. I'm not sure. I'm not 100. Right. It, it might have been DDT. I know it wasn't. It might have been all Japan. It was probably all Japan or, New, or, or DDT. DDT is a little bit more wilder. Those were That was the promotion Kenny Omega wrestled the Invisible Man and a nine-year-old girl named Rio and a blow-up doll. So <laughs> DDT was kind of like whatever. But that's Jim Cornette. That's Jim Cornette's favorite uh, federation, right? <laughs> does he even have one? Does he, does <laughs> no, Cornette but, hates well, he everything. Was, well, I think he was very uh, outspoken about the whole blow-up doll thing and him wrestling a little girl. So when you're mentioning that, David Cornette really uh, – popped into my mind and actually i'm seeing a lot more memes ever since they went and um named this match with uh moxley and omega and they're they're using cornette memes and like making fun of like how how disgusted he's going to be with the idea of this match oh my god oh absolutely and that's the thing and jim cornette doesn't get it the problem with jim cornette is that if he doesn't get something he shits all over it yeah, and yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, he does not speak for all the wrestling fans out there, and he knows it. And that's why, as talented as he is, and we're talking about, I think he's my third favorite manager ever, maybe fourth, but he's mm-hmm. he's in there. And I think we talked about it, but Jim Cornette is yeah. as good as any wrestling manager would be. There's people who would tell you that he's the best ever. 
depends on your style. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't like southern accents too much. But Jim Cornette made me like him though. I liked him as a heel when I was a kid. I love the yeah, Midnight yeah, Express. No. I was a Midnight Express yeah. guy. You know, yeah. and, and even when they turned babyface, I even liked them even more. I was like, Yeah, I told you they were cool. Do 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 the most yeah. disappointing thing is watching an old Midnight Express match and have their song music. not be have their music not be Midnight Express song. It's so sad. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what? I've I've done that with ECW stuff on the network, and it's like none of those awesome theme songs and like ring interest songs are being used, and it's like literally some sort of dude like in his basement just playing the keyboards and like ah, here's Rob Van Dam. That yeah, the Rob Van Dam is and Sandman are the two most excruciating ones, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Our Rob Van Dam, it's like they don't even have us. They can't even write something that goes with the, the crowd going walk, you know. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's whatever. But again, it's it, again, it's a business decision. It's not about the art. They don't want to pay yeah. money for those songs. Yeah. Why? Why? Just because some dork who's reminiscing about ECW in 1998 can watch it. We're not, that's not going to be the reason we don't watch it. You know what I mean? So Vince didn't yeah, think yeah. it was worth, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze as one of my favorite sayings that I've been saying very often the last couple of weeks. Where'd Thank you get you. that saying? Well, I've heard you say it and I, a couple mm-hmm. people, uh, actually Conrad Thompson says it, but you said it and I've been using it as a metaphor in pretty much everything in my life the last two weeks. That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah, really turn in a corner. Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. So, but going back to what we got going on with with the end of that, I'm excited for Revolution. So right now, the three matches that we know are happening at Revolution are, and then we can do quickly on the elimination change, and then we'll get out of here. The you have the tag team title match, Young Bucks versus Inner Circle members, Chris Jericho, MJF, which I think is going to be a very good match. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be entertaining at the very least. We obviously both think that Chris Jericho will be turned on by the Inner Circle and Jericho will yeah. begin his ascension as a babyface. Absolutely. And then we obviously think, and maybe they'll even call it something different. They might not even call it the Inner Circle, but I assume they'll, they'll maintain the same same thing but um then you have kenny omega and moxie we just talked about for the aew championship Mm -hmm. i think the winner of this women's eliminator tournament faces who i predict will be Britt baker faces i forget her name uh, kushida kushida Mm -hmm. is that her name yeah shida her name I don't know. Forget her name. That sucks. Is she on BTE? Probably not then. No. <laughs> Akara Shida, by the way. Yeah. I'm a fan Akara of Shida. I like 90. I think Akara Shida, yeah, I think Akara Shida drops to Britt Baker. I think Britt Baker needs to be the champion finally. Yeah, they got to put the belt on her. Yeah, like I'm not even like I, she's grown on me for sure, but they got to start giving her a title. Yeah, she has personality, and she'll put she'll put the belt in a prominent part of a show yeah. every single week, and that's what they need. They need a person who's going to make that part of the show we can't miss. And we heard Dave Meltzer will plead you that Sheeta gets a big pop in the ratings. Women get a big pop in the ratings too, because I yeah. he says look what Sheeta did when he gets it. 
or when she goes on, she gets a little spike there. But Britt mm-hmm. Baker has a spot where she's in a wheelchair and she gets a bigger pop rating than she did. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you have to understand. You have to understand that where they are going with Britt Baker, she's somebody that will put the title in a good light. The, the title hasn't been prominent yet. I don't care. The NWA women's title has been just as prominently put on their television programming as the AEW championship. The title doesn't mean much yet because it's not a featured part of the show. So I think if you get it on Britt Baker, then it is a featured part of the show every single week because Britt Baker can go out there and entertain you every single week. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And and that's been one of my biggest uh, qualms with uh, AEW Dynamite. I've been pretty vocal about that with you in terms of like the women's division. Um, And you totally hit the nail on the head, man. Like uh, this is a way to turn the page and actually sort of start it up and give it some sort of prominence. Oh my God. I, I really believe that Britt Baker needs to have this championship. So hopefully that happens. Well, that'll do it for this episode of high spots and cheap pops. Thank you. Make sure you like us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all the social media. We also have a YouTube channel. So hopefully you guys are checking all of that out. And we will talk to you guys very, very soon. Any emails you'd like to give us, highspotscheappops at gmail.com. Thank you so much you for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. This is Silicon Steve Alley for Vi the Impaler. Thank you so much for listening, folks.